Welcome everyone to the Heat Assist Podcast. I'm your host for tonight's session, Stephen Chang, and I'm joined by my friend David Wong, and we're going to be talking about the Heat, and particularly a lot about the recent trade that happened during the trade deadline this past week, and we'll talk a little about the two games that they had since last week, or since the trade pretty much, and just talk a little bit about what we expect the Heat to do in the next couple of games. So I'm going to let David start us off. Just give us an idea of what happened during the past two games where the Heat weren't that successful. Exactly. Well, the the trade left the Miami Heat pretty shorthanded. Um, Not only were they missing James Johnson, DeYoung Waiters, they also had injuries to Myers Leonard. So the first test was against the Los Los Angeles Clippers on their six-game road trip. And they had to start two-way player Gabe Vincent. <laughs> he actually started the past two games, too, just because how uh, short the their team is right now. Yeah. And, the players. Yeah, and to make matters worse, Jimmy Butler injured his shoulder uh, during the Clippers game. And not surprisingly, they lost this game. This trade that the Miami Heat did was to bring back some perimeter defense uh, specifically in Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala, because Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, these are not good defensive players. So to compensate that, Eric Sposa has to play zone, and he played a lot of zone against the Clippers. And not surprisingly, the Clippers uh, shot 44% from three-pointers, 24 out of 54 uh, shots. From threes, so they made 24 three. 24 three-pointers. Woo! 54 attempts from threes. <laughs> yep. So they That's bombed the way against the Heat, and they made most of it. And that doomed the Heat. You know, they had Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic had awful games. Kendrick Nunn, 5 for 17. Duncan Robinson, 3 for 11. Goran Dragic, 5 for 14. Gabe Finson, who they had to give 17 minutes to, he was 3 for 11. Like, <laughs> that's not going to win you games if your guards can't shoot. Kelly Olenek started in place of the injured Myers Leonard, and he didn't do anything. He gave his typical soft defense and not much shot blocking or interior defense. You know, if Kelly Olenek, he needs to really hit his threes to be efficient. And fortunately, he hasn't not only against the Clippers, but he was even worse against the Sacramento Kings in their loss. So I would say the one bright side are the Heat big man, Derek Jones Jr. I would say he seemed like he had a career game, 10 of 12 points, 25 points. Mm-hmm. Really solid. We saw the start of Casey Acapala, one minute in the Clippers game. You know, not, you know, that doesn't determine anything, but against the Sacramento Kings, he was really impressive. Had a very solid, uh, if you play fantasy basketball, he had a very solid line. He contributed in every category, you know, and against the Kings, he has seven points, four rebounds, one assist, two steals, one block. Very good. Uh, a lot of potential there. Definitely why we, we're starting to see why Pat Whitey traded three second rounders to get him. So then against the Sacramento Kings, the Heat also lost this game 97 to 105. Kelly Olenek, like I said, had an even worse game. But I would say uh, this time, 
their struggles was they had 20 turnovers in this game. Five by Bam, Bam Adebayo, seven by Goran Dragic. Uh, Gabe Finson also played again, 21 minutes, shot one for seven. Oof. Kendrick Dunn continued to struggle. He, saw, he shot six for 19. Yeah, uh, Bam Adebayo had a good game, 12 for 16. Five turnovers, like I say. He not too much around for and once again just like the clippers the king shot and made a lot of three pointers uh they made 19 threes uh 19 out of 44 three point shot made taking advantage of the heat turnovers and just not much not enough from the guards they the guards continue to struggle jimmy butler tyler hero and uh myers lander were out for the king's game we also saw chris silva play 10 minutes but I didn't contribute anything. Derek Jones Jr. struggle in the Kings game as well. I would say I saw brief moments of this game in that the Kings just attacked Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn individually. And then, you know, so when the Heat went to the zone defense, the Kings were able to make their threes. But you could you could kind of argue that the trade kind of hurt them in these two games in that they're already shorthanded from the injuries. Then they also lost players as well and then the players they gained from that trade were not able to play but against the Portland Trailblazer game tonight uh, we're recording this on a Sunday night we will see Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill and Andre Iguodala both are listed as active and should be able to play in the, against the Portland Trailblazers so hopefully that will address the perimeter defense and hopefully the, the Portland Trailblazers won't make a lot of threes <laughs> Unlike yeah. the Kings and the Clippers. That'll be interesting to see given that the Blazers have such a strong backcourt and Damian Lillard. Right. Uh, and um, yes. he's been playing pretty good. And I would think he'd be a little bit fired up. I don't know if anyone saw the the Jazz in Portland game from last night or two nights ago. The the, the rest missed a blatant obvious uh, goaltending call that should have made the Portland <laughs> Trailblazers win. But uh, yeah, he was really pissed off. So um, I would guess he's a little fired up to try to get another win because they are. That's in not play. good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Heat so, has nobody. Yeah, the Heat. No one to guard Jimmy him. Butler doesn't seem like he'll be up for up for today's game. Uh, he had a soldier shoulder injury, uh, sprained his shoulder in the Clippers game, but he had an MRI and came back clean. But not sure when he'll play before the All Star break if he does at all. They're thinking he might come back on Monday when they play the Warriors uh, if yep. he's feeling better. But uh, it doesn't sound like the injury is too serious. It's kind of on a day-by-day basis. Right. Um, Tyler Hero, on the other hand, his ankle has been bothering him. And um, I read a little quote from uh, Spolstra saying that they're trying to protect him from himself. Uh, Hero's in- insisting that he can play, but um, they're making him just rest. Uh, given that he's young, they don't want to aggravate any injuries and make it worse than it should be. And so he won't be playing tonight either against the Blazers. But it doesn't sound like it's serious. Maybe just some rest if he start feeling better. Mm-hmm. So, um, those are good news. Hopefully those two who are very important for the for the roster as key players in the rotation, you know, hopefully they'll all be back with the new additions. And then we'll get an idea of how how good the Heat will be in full force. You know, we still have to wait on Myers Leonard as well. I think his might take a little little longer to get better. Yeah, I think he's been ruled out for this entire six game road trip. 
surprisingly, a little struggle starting in place of him. So, it, wow. I didn't expect that, but the Heat definitely need Meyer Leonard. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Um, Do you ever think Udonis Haslam would ever play at this point in his career? No. Or is he we're literally just, just like a coach at this point? Basically. The player. They're just... <laughs> Yeah, they're doing him this huge favor. Just let him have this contract. And he's taking up a very important roster spot. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that and when we discuss about the Miami Heat trade. I'll, I'll discuss how that seemed. I would say that kind of hurt them. You know, they can't cut uh, Hassan. I mean, not Hassan, but they can't um, cut Udonis Haslam. Yeah. In that. And they gave him this contract just for like a thank you contract, similar to what the Lakers give Kobe when they pay him for that last year. It's just a huge thank you for Udonis Haslam for what he does, what he did for the franchise. And in him reworking his contract, he before his last contract we was big, he reworked it, gave up money, but spread it out, had a longer contract. So the Heat is thanking him for that as well. But just him taking up a roster spot, a very important spot, <laughs> I yeah. would say, hurts. I'm okay with Haslam taking that spot. Just you covered it all, like the loyalty he showed, you know, um, being flexible with his contract, him wanting to stay in Miami no matter what, and being very crucial to the championships that the Heat won. I say, I, I actually, being a Heat fan, I think it makes me proud of, you know, to see something like that, you know. Uh, we don't just dispense players that contributed so much to our success. Uh, they're doing him right, and I'm okay with that. Um, now, when 2021 comes up, you know, like I don't think we'll have any any room for that. But I think, realistically speaking, you know, we're not contenders. Although a lot of people might think we're we might come out on the East. I'm a little bit more skeptical about that. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with uh, Haslam. You know, I don't think him taking that last spot is as crucial. I'll get to that when when we talk about the trade that went down between the Heat, okay. the three-way trade. Oh, why don't we start on that? You know, we don't have much said about the past two games, you know. I guess I'll just review real quick. Okay. We lost the past two games. Um, a lot of the reason was we're shorthanded, injuries, and then a lot of the players that were traded weren't playing. And then the p- players that came in from the trade, you know, they weren't ready to play yet. So, you know, the Heat just had pretty much a very young roster with a very limited set of skills, at least on the defensive end. And like David mentioned a little earlier, the team was forced to use a lot of zone defense, which, you know, just opened up the three-point line for the Clippers and the Kings to just Mm -hmm. rain down threes, and you just couldn't stop it. And David also mentioned, very important, we had a lot of turnovers in those games, and it makes sense given that, most of the players that were on the roster, they're very young and new. And so... Yeah, and they didn't have their point guard, Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Nope, the ball. nope. The only yeah. playmaker they had was Drogic, right? And, um, <laughs> yeah, he struggled. He had seven turnovers against the uh, against the Kings. So, uh, yeah, it's tough, you know. I don't... It's tough to see those losses, especially against the Kings, since the Kings are not very good this year. Um, but... You know, it's just kind of one of the situations, you know, you can't really deal with the injuries and a little sacrifice given the uh, the trade. It just had to happen. Uh, hopefully tonight against the Blazers, you know, we'll be reinforced mm-hmm. with Iguodala and Solomon Hill, Jay Crowder. 
they'll be able to shore up the perimeter defense. And um, I got a lot to say about um, Iguodala, uh, but we'll get to it after we touch up on what happened during the trade deadline just uh, during this past week. And I'll let David go into the details about how the uh, the trade went down, getting Iguodala, Crowder, Hill, and then how we almost also got Danilo Gallinari, which would have been mm-hmm. a nice cherry on the top. And I think with that trade, it would have made us very competitive for the East. But uh, why don't you yeah. take it over, David? Yeah, so the, the quick recap, this is a three-team trade between the Miami Heat, Memphis Grizzly, and Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. The Heat gave up Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, and uh, James Johnson. The Memphis Grizzly gave up Andre uh, And then the Memphis Grizzly traded James Johnson to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Gorgie Jang. Now that trade right there, James Johnson for Gorgie Jang, James the type of center that the Heat would, could really use. The only reason why the Heat couldn't take him back is Gorgie James actually make more, a little more over a million dollars more than James Johnson. And the Heat cannot take on that extra salary because they're hard cap and they did not have a lot of wiggle room in order to make that trade work. A James Johnson for Gorgie Jang, they have to include another eight hours and those on the roster for the Heat roster include uh, Derek Jones Jr., uh, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson. Obviously, the Heat are not going to trade those players. But Adonis Haslam made a million dollars too, but he obviously they're not going to trade him. Or I talked last week that the Heat needed a good a good center that can rebound and has post-defense, you know, try to at least make it difficult for the big guys in, in the East, such as uh, the Embiid or the Anthony, Dave, or Anthony Davis if they faced the, face the Lakers. But even... Well, I don't know how well he would do against Giannis, but just having a big body in there who could rebound, block shots, and then Gorgie Jang could also shoot threes. Like he, that trade would have been perfect, but he could not make it work. So then, Dion Waiters, who got traded, he's been waived by the Memphis Grizzly, so he's out there as a free agent, kind of fought out, uh, but he cannot sign back with the Heat. There's there's a rule where team uh player can't sign back with the team that traded him i think the biggest thing with this trade was the heat gave up justice winslow and during our trade talk last week um, when steven you asked us oh where do you see the heat making a trade and i never mentioned justice winslow and i think this this is my bias as a heat fan in that I personally did not want him to get traded. Uh, even though he's been injured the whole year, we we Heat fans know his potential. We know how great he is. When he when he was the starting point guard, he definitely carried us through mo- a lot of games with his driving in, with him being the number one point guard, and just his stellar defense. And not surprising, his best game so far this year was against the Memphis Grizzlies. So that might have made an impression on the Grizzlies. But I would say this was still a good trade for the Heat in that Justice Winslow was expandable, especially for this year. You could say he really did not contribute to what the Heat has accomplished so far. 
And not only that, but in, in order for Justice Winslow to truly be effective, he has to have the ball in his hand, the ball in his hand. He has to be the, the de facto point guard. And unfortunately, that's Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is number one on the Miami. He's the one who should be getting the ball, who should have the ball in his hand the majority of the time. He is the point guard of the Heat. And not only that, but you look at the best games uh, Justice Winslow had this year. It was at the beginning of the season. Uh, the first three games, Justice Winslow had a really monster, his best game against the Memphis Grizzlies, the first game of the season. Third game of the season against the Minnesota Timberwolves. He also had a very good game. But the problem was Jimmy Butler was injured during those games. Justice Winslow did well in. And the other game he did more recently was against the Toronto Raptors. And he came off the bench because Jimmy Butler was starting. But Goran Dragic was injured for that game. Winslow led the second unit. It's, I mean, I'm saying all this just to say that when fully healthy, the, he actually cannot utilize. Leads me to my other concern for the Memphis Grizzlies. Justice Winslow is best when he's the point guard. They already have a great point guard in John Morant. They're going to have the same issues that the Miami Heat have. And this is not even going to the injury issues that Justice Winslow has this season. Not only in this season, but throughout his career, he's always been injured. He's an injury-prone player. And given all that fact, it's not surprising that you know he was the one asset that the Heat has and that they don't really need. You know, their other assets, the first round pick, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Casey Acapala, these are players that could contribute to the Heat. You know, Justice Winslow with his contract, $13 million a year, was expandable. So bringing back Andre Iguodala, Solomon Hill, Jay Pryor, Iguodala are known for the perimeter defense. Hopefully that will help out the Heat and so they don't have to rely so much on their own defense. Yeah, but it still hurt. It still hurt to see Justice Winslow gone, and like I feel like only he and now Memphis Grizzly fans truly appreciate uh, Justice Winslow and what he can offer. But I could understand why they gave up on him, I, and not. Yeah, I I also just want to say the Heat gave up Justice Winslow, but they also got rid of their contracts, their bad contracts, and just in James Johnson and Dion Waiters. Like that is huge. Dude, combined with Justice Winslow's salary, they got rid of forty million dollars in salary cap. That frees them up. They could offer a max salary next season. And then in twenty twenty one they have a potential to offer two well, close to two max slots. So this has this is not only like straight strengthened the heat for this season, but for the next two seasons. They are in the hunt. That's, uh, sorry that I cut you off there, Steven. Did you have something to add to that? Oh, no. I was going to say that uh, I think that was the most important part where you just mentioned that, uh, you know, as a Heat fan, um, I understand the um, loyalty to a guy you drafted and seeing his potential develop in front of us mm-hmm. and having more to go, more to add in the future. But I think his health was just too much of a liability, especially since it's a back issue. Those mm-hmm. those can get extremely tricky, especially right. for an active sport like basketball. It could come and go. It could be very unpredictable. And you never know how it's going to turn out in the future. And 
I think it's a worthy sacrifice in order to get rid of those two bad contracts. And all, not only yeah. we got rid of those contracts, but we also made the roster better. And not from the sense mm-hmm. of, you know, you know, like we all kind of appreciated um, James Johnson for what he brought, his toughness, his for versatility, sure. his size. Uh, One could argue he's better than Kelly Olynyk. They should have got rid of Kelly Olynyk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that might be a reason why they didn't take Olynyk, I would guess. <laughs> Uh, at least James Johnson has a little bit more value, I would think, personally. For sure. Like, I mean, a team actually wanted him. Exactly. And not to knock on Olenek, I, I just think he's having an off season. You know, we've yeah. we've seen him produce better than this. And so his value is not the greatest right now. So I think that's why they lean towards having James Johnson. And then obviously that left for the Memphis tra- to trade James Johnson to the uh, Timberwolves. So you can see there was value in that. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, and then getting rid of the Dion Waiters contract that was really big as well. Uh, but I guess what I was going with that it's it's a worthy overall trade, and I think it was a masterful play by Pat Riley to be able to just do so much in in just pretty much one trade, right? Get rid of the mm-hmm. contracts, improve the team, and still be open for the 2021 and 2022 or the 2022 summer haul, right? Where uh, a lot of the big contracts are going to be. Mm-hmm. In the in the market, where the Giannis and the Oladipo are said to be free agents, a uh, Kawhi and might, in it, they Paul might George could be in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of big names in that one, and so you know we the Heat they've been in such a slump lately due to the fact that we've been in the post LeBron era. We've given up most of our assets, and now we've been slowly trying to, you know. <laughs> We're getting to that point where all right, we're starting to have a little bit of fresh air and be able to actually de- create a team and be able to court players to come and play for the Heat and add significant pieces and be a contender. And I think Pat Riley's trying to set the scene for the free agency in, in a couple of years so that players won't be thinking like, well, the Heat have been irrelevant. Like, n- not anymore. You know, there's going to be a presence of these past, uh, these two coming up se- this year and next season of. Mm-hmm. Pat Riley did this amazing thing for the team. He could do the same thing for whoever he chooses to court and bring over to Miami. And I think it's going to be, it's going to put him in a very good, strong position to attract players to play in South Beach. They don't have to pay uh, state taxes here in Florida. So it's a lot more money saved. And it's going to be very appealing, very appealing. It's unfortunate to see the players go, but I think it was for the greater good. I do want to talk about, though, in specific, the players that we were able to add during this uh, trade. But I'll, I'll let you touch up on what do you think these players bring to the table for th- these next couple of seasons, David? Uh, Iguodala, Crowder, and Solomon Hill. Well, I'm not expecting much from Solomon Hill. He could fill the Gabe Vincent role. <laughs> or he would just provide some good spot-up three-point shooting if he plays at all. Jay Crowder, I see him as very similar to James Johnson. He hustles. Plays good defense, but not very good at three-point shooting. And he doesn't have the same dribbling and ball handling skill as James Johnson. But I could see him playing very good primary defense and just bring that grit and grind from Memphis over to the Heat. Yeah, I like Jay Crowder. I just I just hope he can improve his three-point percentage because I think he's shooting under 30% or just end up low with 30%. He, he's not a good three-point shooter. But and then Andre Iguodala, I'm not really expecting much from him for the regular season. I do think he's he can play. 
he's been training throughout the year, even though he hasn't played any NBA game. I mean, he looks good. He looks lean and fit. Uh, we'll see how well. it translates. <laughs> <but. laughs> the guy looks massive. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, we'll see how that translates to the NBA game, but I expect him to bring some quality veteran leadership, some world championship experience. I see him very similar to uh, Jimmy Butler in that you're not bringing your 100%. He's going to get on you. Um, He's going to call you out for that. Uh, Just maintain that heat culture, always hustling, always giving y'all. And he'll, you know, he'll do the same. He he is like a one step higher than a, a Jay Crowder, you know, yes. very similar strengths. But he, he his defensive premier defense is much better than Jay Crowder, and you know he's expected to guard the number one scorer if it's not a big man on the opposing team. So that's where I see him guarding the best scorer, the best guard on the opposing team. So and then you have Bam Adebayo guarding the best big man. Just being that one-two defensive punch could really help help the Heat, and just hope that he could still shoot a three-pointer. <laughs> I wanna, I just wanna add a couple of things. Everything you said, I uh-huh. pretty much agree. Um, I just kind of wanna emphasize a few things. Uh, how both of them really fit the Heat culture. Very mm-hmm. hard playing um, defenders who are really gonna hound whoever they're guarding. Um, they're very uh, tough, they don't back down, and they can play very physical, which I think is very needed in today's NBA, given that um, defense has been relatively soft, and so players, I feel, this is more of a personal take, but uh, whenever a team gets, um, they run into a tough team that plays very physical, uh, there's a, uh, a sharp decline in efficiency, right? I don't have any particular stats, but you can see that... Uh, the, the perimeter game of today's NBA kind of, you know, it gets affected by defenders that can play very physical and can stay mm-hmm. in front of the of their uh, in front of the player that they're guarding. And I think that's what these kind of like what you mentioned before, David. Those two sets of skills is what the Heat really need, um, especially on the perimeter. Sure. Um, you know, our young players, uh, great shooters, really good shooters. Like we we really lucked out, or I shouldn't say lucked out, but that he did a really good shot, uh, job scouting for those players, but they're very lacking on the defensive end, and it's not a knock on them on their capabilities, but they are young, rather small at this point of their life, and you know they they'll get better with time. But right now, one of the biggest weaknesses the the Heat has is their defensive prowess. Right, we are not very good. We play hard, and that mitigates a lot of our uh, defensive uh, incapabilities. But having Crowder and Iguodala really kind of helps our matchups. And we also have Butler, who's a great defender as well. Um, Crowder, I'm very excited to see because I always liked him being a tough Mm. guy, a great locker room presence. I remember him from the whole Cleveland debacle when he got traded to the Cavaliers. And he was just in an awful situation, like just kind of like... uh, you know, got traded to the Cavs, and then they got traded right away in the same year to the, to the Jazz. But you never really heard anything bad coming from his mouth, you know. Right. Um, great locker room guy, you know, and I I appreciate his uh, toughness and being able to just be a, a solid uh, veteran presence with playoff experience, um, I think, maybe. 
I might be wrong about that, but uh, a, a good presence in the locker room. Now going to Iguodala, man. Well, before Iguodala, I just want to say I don't know much about Solomon Hill. I remember <laughs> him playing for the Pelicans a few years back. Um, he was hurt a lot during that time, so he didn't, mm-hmm. I, I never took too much into account of what he produces because he was in and out uh, of the lineup due to injuries, and I'm not really sure what he can provide. I know he could um, he could shoot a little bit from the outside of the line, a little yeah. playmaking, but um, I yeah, don't see him, yeah. Yeah. I don't see him playing much, you know, unless we really need a like maybe tonight's game he might play given that we're shorthanded, um, but um. At a full roster, at full strength, um, it'll be hard to see him playing. Uh, but, you know, maybe he'll prove us wrong. If he gets a chance, he'll do great things under uh, the guidance of uh, the great Eric Spolstra, who can get value out of pretty much any player. So we'll see if he gets uh, any any value from a, a, one of these new players that we haven't seen yet. But um, I wanted to touch up a lot on Iguodala just because I really like him. Um mm. And I really value what he brings in the, like David mentioned, in the locker room presence, the championship mindset, and finals MVP yeah. talent. And uh, <laughs> a lot of people will knock on him because, um, you know, I, I, people will say maybe LeBron should have gotten it. Uh, I I would have to agree. If the winning team in the final has to get the uh, the finals MVP player, then I would say Iguodala deserves it over Steph Curry. But uh, that's a different case point um but it's important to know that his defensive skill set is just so hard to find the way i like to describe him and certain other players like kyle lowry is that his impact is not seen too much on the stat line but when you see when you watch the games and you see when you need a play to on the defensive end to kind of shift the tide or stop the momentum or just kind of set the team on pace to get back in the game mm-hmm. like these types of players they make such clutch moment uh plays on the defensive end um the most recent one i saw Godala was last year against portland um i think he was guarding damian lillard towards the end of the game and mm-hmm. he just comes up with the steals like every single time <laughs> like it's crazy like I can't imagine the past five, six years uh, defensive player that had more clutch plays than Andre Iguodala. And these are like big-time moments. Playoffs, finals. Like, you can't emphasize how much he impacts the game. Not necessarily being, you know, putting 20 points, 10 rebounds, assists, and a lot of steals. But, like, the moments that really matter in the game, like, they always come up. Like, they understand, like, all right, this is my time to make an impact in the game and you won't see a better on one-on-one defender well maybe maybe you will right but he's definitely up there you know when you need someone to really make someone's life living hell not being able to do what they need to do get a steal get a stop make him give up the ball like he is the guy and I'm also really excited by the fact that he called out Bam on the bio like uh, <laughs> I'll post out a little uh, video uh-huh. on uh, and just kind of like a short interview talking about how he's excited to go play with the Heat, and he's saying he wants to mentor Bam. And I think that's great, you know? It's awesome yeah. that he's looking forward to kind of spread the knowledge and give these young players some of uh, his um, his mindset, give, get get that killer mentality that I feel he really does have. Um, whatever three-pointers he can offer us, that's great. Uh, but um, It you would know. help. <laughs> 
where we do need the the uh the shooting if he's gonna be out there from him. Yes. Because um he's gonna be taking the spot of one of the um the young shooters most likely. Uh-huh. Um during key moments. But um I I'm just really excited for his leadership that he can bring and the fact that he's such a clutch defensive player. Like I can't emphasize how how good he is. Um and if he can't even pass some of that those skills to any of the young Heat players, that'll be great, you know. And he fits so well with the with the with the, I think he fit pretty well with the team, you know. Um, the only knock that I would have to say against Iguodala is that, well, I just hope he plays, right? He's been. It seems like he's kind of on the mindset of having a lot of um, uh, what what do they call it? The uh, having the management for their playing time, uh, time mm-hmm. management. I hope. Yeah. That being off more than half the season, he'll be able to play during the regular season, the remaining regular season, so he could get chemistry, right. um, you know, up to par with the rest of the players. Um, but yeah, I think if he can just play defense like he does or that he's known for, that's all. That's all that he needs from him. And well, uh, at least some three, at least show that he can still make a three pointer. <laughs> hey man, I, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm sure he. He he could make those clutch three pointers too. He might miss. There, like, I mean, there's five. been times where the defense left him wide open on Golden State because he he was struggling from three point shooting the three. But then he would make that clutch three pointer. Yes, yeah, he like, would. Was <laughs> right? where he like was left wide open and he made the the <laughs> the, the the shot to put him up up ahead. Um, I, I just like what he brings. He's a big time player. That's what I consider him as, and I think it's great for the Heat to have someone like him. Yeah. So, I just yeah. want to bring up two points, uh, and that's dealing with contract extensions, and that could explain why they got Andre Iguodala and why they lost out on the narrow Garnari, because uh, the Heat extended Andre Iguodala to. They sent his contract, a two-year contract, fifteen million each, but uh, for twenty-one for the twenty-one to twenty-two season, it's a team option, yep. so they don't they don't have to pick up. So it's basically, if you think about it, it's it's most likely just a one-year, fifteen million dollar salary. Um, but and, and, and I heard rumors of why. Because you mentioned this earlier, and I didn't touch on it yet, but the Heat were also in talk with the Oklahoma City Thunder to get uh, Denaro Garnari, and that would definitely really have helped the Heat. <laughs> but the, uh, rumors were it fell apart because uh, Denaro wanted more guaranteed years. The yep. Heat, I think, offer a similar contract to Andre Iguodala, where they paid him more money up front, but only a one-year guaranteed contract. And I think the second year was a player option, a club, uh, sorry, team option. And so, obviously, as Denaro Garnari, you want as much years as as you can possibly get. So I understood why. I mean, it's crazy that they were allowed to negotiate with him too. I mean, yeah. it, it just show how close they were to a deal that OKC allowed the Heat to negotiate uh, with with Denaro agent. And I think the Heat were, what I heard in the rumors were, they're going to remove the uh, pick protection on the 
I think it was the 2023 pick. They 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 owe to OKC is one to 14 protected. They gotta remove that and then also give up another first round pick. I believe in 2025. Yeah, I think uh, they try to figure things out when Danilo said he wanted an extension. Uh huh. Um, they said, um, well, if they didn't want to do that, then um, you know we'll, we won't be able to give you the pick or uh, or the the extra pick at the end, the 2025 pick. Mm. And then uh, the Thunder were like, no, we need that pick. And so, yeah. and then things just started falling apart and they just kind of gave up on it. Um, uh, I know. I kind of wish OKC wasn't contending for a playoff spot. <laughs> yeah. They were like just losing, tanking. Like, I would figure they would get anything they could get with the Nero Garinari. Yeah. But since he is heavily contributing to them winning, yep. even if they, they're happy with just keeping him. So that hurts. Yeah, I uh, I was excited to uh, hear that he was um, in trade talks, just because I felt like he could fit in that uh the 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 hole that James Johnson left. Um, right. Uh, well, at least from a playmaking perspective, like I think Iguodala can do a little playmaking, but um, I mean maybe very few plays in the game if he really needs to. But um, he's definitely not in a uh, point in his career where he can make a be playing point guard very often. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that, um, yeah, I, it, it was kind of hard to uh, see the deal fall apart because Danilo could have contributed a lot on the offensive end. And he's kind of like a big body too, right? He's like 6'9 as, as well. Yeah. 6'10, who can yeah. shoot pretty well. Yeah, but his defense is questionable. He's a slow player, but he would have been a much better upgrade over Myers Leonard. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's um. I still, you know, I like the fact that Pat Pat Riley was very. He knows that, you know, there are bigger, more important um, goals to look for, like the twenty twenty one twenty two summer um, trace um, free signings, uh, mm-hmm. and so you know, as much as he tried, I'm glad that he didn't go overpay. And put him in a hard position to be stuck with contracts that would would have affected that summer. So, you know, I I never expected the Heat to get this far, played this well this season. Um, For sure. You know, the uh, the, re- sure. the most like the media had picked the Heat to be like eighth or seventh seed or not even make the playoffs. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. it's crazy where they're at right now. It's uh it's interesting, right? It's how the Heat now are so relevant again and now they're pretty mm-hmm. much setting themselves up for a huge I mean even if they don't get the the uh, even if even if they're not the winners of the Giannis sweepstake uh, they'll still be poised to get a very good uh, player mm-hmm. and uh, you know Pat Riley gets uh, he does get uh, inter- or what do they call it interviews or they, they, yes. he, he will get the interviews with uh, any of the players that he oh, yeah. wants to just given his <laughs> reputation so um, it's very, very bright future for the Heat, you know, especially after so many years post-LeBron where we've been kind of like just dealing with uh, quote-unquote bad contracts. And it's finally, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, which is a great feeling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, exciting, exciting. Exciting times to be a Heat fan again. Yeah. Well, help. Oh, just one more thing I want to bring up just to, I guess, dampen the mood, but... 
you know, I, I talked about want, wanting to keep James Johnson instead of Kelly Olenek. Um, yeah, because we kept Kelly Olenek and gave away James Johnson. But James Johnson uh, played uh, on the 8th, February 8th, against the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, I'm going to compare their stats against Kelly Olenek, who, who played against the Clippers. Kelly Olenek against the Clippers went 2 for 6, 7 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist. James Johnson against the Clippers had 15 points, 6 for 9 field goal, 2 for 3 out of 3-pointer, three, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Wow. Great defense. That would have definitely been great. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing the heat. Uh, he just does more than Kelly Olenek. The only thing Kelly Olenek has over James Johnson is the 3-point shooting. Yeah, but, but yeah. even then that's very, uh, very questionable. In a yeah. sense, I'm not, it hasn't been consistent as of late. So, yeah, I just it just seems like his value or Kelly Linux value is it's it's too low at this point. Now that we know what the Heat are gonna be like, what do you expect from the Heat in the next couple of games? I believe tonight they're playing I the Blazers, and tomorrow in a back to back they're playing the Warriors. Just to kind of put it in perspective, we have the new players like David mentioned today or earlier today that uh. Iguodala, Solomon Hill, and Jay Crowder will be playing tonight, and uh, but we still won't have Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, and Myers Leonard. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you, how do you see tonight's game going against the Blazers? I don't see it going well. I just think there's going to be a large adjustment period for the three players. I don't really think like Andre Iguodala. I don't expect to see it, see much minutes from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think the only win I see is from against the new look Golden State Warriors with Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> yeah, there's like a footage, a highlight footage of him playing defense against the Lakers, and uh, yeah, we'll see how long he keeps that up. Yeah, he always shown flashes, but let's see him do it for the whole season. I think I think he can. It makes me wonder how uh, his effort will change given that it's a new team a new environment, and then it makes me wonder what kind of an organization the Timberwolves really is. Mm. You know, they've been bad for so long. There has to be a reason why. That's beyond just the players. Mm. And um, I think him, or when I say him, Wiggins going to the Warriors was a great organization. We'll see how he improves. He might not be, um, you know, all-star talent. He might still be. He might not be. But uh, just to see his effort, uh, being able to see how much effort he puts in every game, I think it'll be very telling as to you know what kind of organization the Timberwolves were. Um, wow. But you are making the trade sounds sound good for the Warriors. <laughs> well, there's a lot of uh, reports coming out, like especially on Bleacher Report, that the Wiggins trade is just a step for the Warriors to offer uh, be able to get um, Giannis. I'm not. I don't really understand the details because. Um, I didn't really understand what, like, how his contract would be able to help him get Giannis, but um, they're saying that it's all setting up to the Warriors being able to get Giannis, but I don't know how that's gonna work. Okay. And so maybe I don't they think... could use the picks they got, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was a good trade, but I I think it showed. I guess it kind of showed that maybe. I had too high for expectations for the value for the trade value of 
D'Angelo Williams. Um, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell, yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't think who I who I agree with Carson. Um, Carson doesn't think he's that great. I don't think he's that great either. Who Russell? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I, it's a good fit with the Warriors. I completely agree. Yeah, I think they had the whole season to figure that out, and now they're like, well. You know, we, we let him play, get his points up. Uh, some bad team is going to think he's a great player. We're going to scoop him up, and we're going to take as many, as much. Yes, but they took back a, you could argue they took back a even worse contract. I think they have plans for Wiggins' contract. Okay. Um, and worst case scenario, he's a, a very expensive Harrison Barnes. We'll see. I don't know if he's as physical as Harrison Barnes. Yeah, maybe uh, Draymond will toughen him up a little bit. Yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a terrible trade for the Warriors, but... <laughs> uh, I, think, I think the fact that they got some picks makes it better. I think that's... Got some, I guess. They got the, the Timberwolves 2020 second-round pick and then the Timberwolves first-round pick... For the 2021 season or next season, yeah, top four protected, I believe. Top four, top three, but I think it's top three. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's a win for the Warriors, especially since they're not expecting to win this year at all. I don't even know if the uh, if Clay is gonna come back. I'm guessing Steph is gonna play, even though I don't think he mm-hmm. should. I'm thinking he's gonna want to come back. I think you should at least, at least see how Wiggins play with, with Stephen Curry. Yeah. It will, it'll be interesting. Do you have anything you want to add, David? Just that, yeah, I don't think the Heat are... I think they got limp into the playoff. I mean, the All-Stars, the All-Star game. I just think it's going to take a while for all the new players to mesh, and they're you going to lose. I, I don't think they're going to win against the Fulton Trail Blazers. I mean, I like their chances against the Warriors, but I don't see this six-game road trip being good for them. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I think the important thing is just to hope that the Heat get as healthy as possible. Because right. regardless if they make the playoffs in a good seat or not, they're going to have some pretty tough matchups, most likely, unless they get the number one or two spot, which I think would be pretty hard to do. So the yeah. first round matchups, they're going to need everyone to be healthy if they want to get out of the first round. So I think that should be their main priority. I mean, you could just trade was, was for the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Really to strengthen them for the playoffs, not ready for the regular season. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. All righty. Well... On that note, we're going to end tonight's episode. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, this has been the Heat Assist Podcast. I'm Steven. And uh, thank you very much. Have a good night.